Damn and Rick, what is your favorite game? My favorite game is Dark Souls. The reluctance. <laughs> Slight reluctance there. <laughs> yeah. Is maybe Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> game console I probably remember playing was surprisingly the Atari I think I remember I, I, I must have been like four years old it was like my cousin Brad had it in like the basement of our grandparents house and I remember playing Joust hmm. um, I think that was the first game I ever played but um, but as a as a kid, probably the first games I probably started playing were PC games. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the early ones, but it might have been like Lemmings or, um, oh, I don't know, uh, games like that. Um, but then we got, the first console I ever got was the NES. Um, and how, how old, that would have been like the mid, mid 90s. And I remember being obsessed with, uh, the first Super Mario. Um, so I played that a lot uh, and had the Duck Hunt. Uh, yeah, so I played a lot of Mario, Super Mario 3. Um, but yeah, I was, I was kind of like obsessed with those, uh, you know, kind of games uh, as, a, as I was kind of growing up. Um, uh, and when we, my family, uh, we, we, we lived in India for a little while for my, for my dad's work and we had a, a PC. I don't think it, did we have the, I think we had, we might have not brought the NES with us for that because I remember mainly playing PC games uh, when we were there and it would have been, yeah. Uh, oh, we had Prince of Persia, the, the old one. Mm. Um, the one with the, yeah, that one was great. I only remember beating it like once, <laughs> so, but I remember playing it for ages. That game was amazing. I remember being amazed by the animations in that game and uh, and the sword fighting. I felt like when I was playing that game, it was, I, I thought it was like the most realistic sword fighting I, I'd ever played. Um, uh, that was a lot of a lot of fun. Um, oh yeah. Oh, there was another game we had back then. Um, oh, it was called Fury Three. It was. Do did you do you know this game? It was. No, uh, I can't say it was that, like yeah. a. Yeah, it was uh, it was like a, a, a um, it was a three D game, um, and you were uh, like a starship, and you kind of flew around the, these planets. And I think each world had these planets, and you just kind of shot like other spacecraft and stuff. But I remember really loving that game. Hmm. Um, it had a great soundtrack. I think uh, I'll have to. I think I remembered this game. I couldn't remember the name of it. Uh, I think it was last year sometime. I, I just for some reason something had sparked my memory of that. And uh, I was trying to, I, I probably spent a couple hours just trying to find, figure out the name of that game. 
Um, but yeah, and then um, I think at one point when we when we moved back to the states, we got a, a N64, and uh, I remember being uh, playing a lot of that. And my my friends in school, you know, they we weren't allowed to play violent games in our house, so we weren't allowed to play GoldenEye or, or any of those things. So we would we'd sneak over to our friends' houses and we'd play GoldenEye with with them. But at one point, I think my dad my, my dad didn't mind it so much, but uh, he. Um, Oh, I hope I don't get in trouble saying this, but <laughs> he, 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 uh, we were at the, like, uh, or it must've been like Hollywood video. Uh, or was that the name of the place? But anyway, you could like rent video games at the, the, uh, video shop. And, mm. um, uh, we were like, oh dad, this game's great. Golden eye. And he's like, oh yeah. Oh cool. That sounds fun. And we came home and, uh, I think my, I forget where my mom was, but she was out of the house. And so uh, us and my brother, me and my brothers were playing, I have three brothers and we were playing, uh, multiplayer golden eye and we we're just having so much fun and we were like shooting each other and stuff um my mom comes home and she kind of walks in the room and she's like what are you guys playing and it was like you know all of us running around with like guns and stuff and she's like what is this and then one of us gets shot and dies and blood runs down the screen <laughs> and, my mom, and my mom was like what have you brought into this house <laughs> yeah. um anyway we had to immediately return that <laughs> yeah but um but uh, yeah, so that was fun. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. Um, I, I feel like I've gone on a tangent. What was the original question? Just how do I get into playing games? Yeah. I guess I've always <laughs> been playing games. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Like that. <laughs> I think that sort of sums it up. Just sort of having that sort of moment in GoldenEye where you're just sort of playing with your balls. And I was just say what you will about GoldenEye sort of considering it's sort of violence and all that yeah yeah yeah, well, yeah yeah but you had this sort of moment where your brothers and sort of playing it just having fun and all that and, and your mom was just sort of walks and goes like what the hell is this ball playing dude on my house <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I, I will not tolerate violence in this house <laughs> yeah in any form and it, yeah and i mean it was so it was so uh you know ridiculously cartoony like it wasn't realistic it, like no. even at the time like you know we were just having fun it was, you know it's, it wasn't much more than just like playing tag with each other but but it was just like uh yeah it was, it was too it was too realistic at the time for 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 her and uh, for her boys <laughs> has, she yeah. se- has, has she seen anything sort of realistic since then oh i don't know um i don't know we, she she was um yeah i don't know I, yeah i'm not sure yeah, not, not that I can recall. I think most of the games we would have had would have been like you know racing games. I remember obsessing over uh, I see Donkey Kong um, or Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> I played that a lot. <laughs> I think that was the first game I one hundred percented. I unlocked all the characters. I unlocked the clock. If anyone's played Diddy Kong Racing, I unlocked the clock character. <laughs> That's how dedicated that was. <laughs> but um, but yeah, um, but yeah, and then played a lot of like the, the Zelda games. I really loved that. Um, Oh, you know what? Uh, I was what sparked an old memory of a game I, I remember playing a lot was um, I'd seen people raving about the new uh, Metroid Dread and just saying how it was like really good and you know um, a lot of people you know thought think it's like one of the best in the series and I was like huh, I've only played one Metroid game and it was the I think it was like one of the first uh, Game Boy Metroids and I remember loving that game but also I don't think I ever beat it because I got stuck 
I couldn't find out where to go. And I was just like traveling around every portion of the map, trying to find a secret doorway to, 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 to like get to the next level. And I, I never got that far. But yeah, because I, I had Game Boy, uh, original Game Boy, and I'd, I'd play a lot of those games that had, the, what, what was it? The Star, Star Wars game. Again, I don't think I got that far. The original Pokemon playing with, you know, my friends. For, I had Blue. Um, yeah, it's good fun. Good fun. Mm. Guys, talk 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 about your start in, in the game at least playing games anyway. Like like I feel it's like a massive crash course in its own way, especially considering how you basically sort of moved around the planet as well during the middle of that mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. Like um yeah, I had a bit of a, a bit of a weird childhood. Um yeah, 'cause my uh my dad's from South Africa and my mom's from um the States but grew up in like India a bit. Um and so, and then, you know, as, as a kid, like, you know, we had, uh, we lived in Grenada for a little bit. It's a, it, it's a bit, a bit weird to talk about, but, um, my, my, my parents were, you know, um, uh, you know, they, they were kind of religious and they, they did, um, they were missionaries when I, when I was a kid and we lived on a boat and we'd, you know, travel around, uh, and they did like uh, medical kind of uh help do medical work but I, i'm not religious you know myself uh anymore but like um we kind of moved around so when i was a kid i like most you know i wasn't even you know I, I grew up in you know on a boat and then uh then we moved back to the states and i was there for a little bit but then we moved to india because my my dad was a an, um, an engineer and so he, his company was building a steel mill in india so we lived there for a couple years um and uh and uh and my mom was familiar with india because she had grown up there a bit like her dad was born there um yeah so it's like this weird like you know so kind of like grew up in the states but kind of not really kind of all over the place so it kind of always felt like a little bit um you know different i guess in that way like all, all my friends back home were you know like you know knew all the american treats and i would come back and i'm like homeschooled like you know kid that you know was american but not really you know because i didn't really know all the i didn't have all the cultural kind of like clues <laughs> that maybe like other kids would have grown up with but um but yeah i don't yeah yeah i don't know kind of going off on a tangent there but Do, yeah. does that also sort of <laughs> considering the fact that, that your mother was a missionary does that also explain the fact that does that explain her reaction to when she saw you play goldeneye as well probably I maybe yeah maybe I yeah I don't know growing, growing up in a, yeah it was like a religious household but um yeah maybe it's a little bit like she she was like my dad didn't care so much like he he was um he he had you know was had been in the navy but you know you know they they kind of had to be at at that time but um so like he didn't really care about that but I, I think yeah our our house is like yeah anything that was like super violent or or you know something like that would have been like yeah don't don't do that you know <laughs> not allowed in the house so or even anything like too you know too i don't know like we weren't allowed to watch like sitcoms or other various things like anything too raunchy basically yeah any too raunchy yeah or anything like that uh yeah which is weird but now which is funny because now i work in video games and and and, and the g latest game i worked on has you know brothels and various things in it because it's like 1920s prohibition in chicago <laughs> <laughs> just funny but yeah. that's the ultimate that, irony yeah yeah <laughs> it's funny um yeah it's funny um but yeah yeah always you know kind of yeah i was into games like as a kid and yeah it's, it's funny because you know 
you know, as, as a kid, I would be kind of told like, oh, don't don't spend too much time playing games. You know, I'd, I'd have to like get out. You know, I'd only have like a certain amount of time. I was allowed to play games. Um, and then but now I look back, and I'm like, but parents, it was worth it. See, now now I'm making a living doing games. It was justified. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting into games. Um, so I'd kind of been freelancing for a while. I was doing that for like uh, two or three years. Um, and then uh, getting into video games, I'd been, you know, freelancing. Um, I had gotten my uh, first kind of um, fantasy client was um, kind of consistent client was uh, Paizo Publishing for Pathfinder RPG. So it's like a, a D&D kind of um, uh, RPG kind of style thing. Um, and I've been doing work for them for a while. And I was doing some work for uh, a VFX studio in Pittsburgh. Um, and but I was kind of like um, my wife and I wanted to kind of move abroad. We, you know, kind of wanted to get out of the States and just kind of, you know, live somewhere else. And um, I had Irish citizenship through my father. And so I was like, OK, let's start looking around through for like different studios. Um, I was looking in the UK for some stuff and I was looking in Ireland. Um, at the time, there wasn't a lot of studios in Ireland, but um, I'd been kind of like looking around. But yeah, and around, let's see, it would have been um, late 2012, I think. Um, oh, you're literally just coming in as the boom sort of starts to slowly grow down south. Anyway. And this was like, I yeah. think, a few months after EA had closed PopCap in Dublin as well. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, PopCap, um, yeah, I wasn't aware of it at the time. But yeah, I was looking for looking for work. And, and then I saw this studio in Dublin called uh, Digit Games. And they had just just uh i think when i saw them they had been a, i'm not sure how long they had been around but i think it was only a few months but i saw that they were making this fantasy game um and they had i think they only had like one image up that they had uh had got a freelancer on but they had this banner and it was like a dwarf uh in the snow or something like that with an axe and i was like oh that looks cool yeah okay and so i sent sent my stuff out to them and and they um they were looking for a lead concept artist and i'd been doing you know concept um at this vfx studio and you know doing a lot of illustration and fantasy work so most of my portfolio at the time was fantasy stuff i was like this looks cool dublin sounds like it'd be a lot of fun uh and i sent them my stuff and they're like okay yeah let's let's have you in for an in-house uh kind of day test uh in a couple weeks and i was like okay sure so they they flew me out to dublin um, I spent two days in Dublin, uh, one, one whole day I kind of spent at the studio kind of doing a test and like interviewing with a bunch of people. And then when I got back, they were like, you know, gave me an offer and they're like, Hey, do you want to move over? And I was over in a month and I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, like before it's like within a month, I was like, you know, from, from Pittsburgh and I was like moved over to, to Ireland. Um, and so, yeah. And so that was my first kind of foray into, uh, video games specifically. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and it was yeah, it was cool. So it's like before that, I had only been doing, you know, just my kind of niche kind of part of it, you know, like just doing illustration or being given an art brief and just say, you know, here's the concept art or, you know, um, here's, you know, do an illustration, which which is fun. And, I, you know, I still do that kind of work, on, you know, on the side with, um, you know, Magic the Gathering and stuff. And, and that is a lot of fun. But it was my first time being in a studio where it's like, OK, I'm it's more than just the art i'm now a part of a team kind of building building a fuller thing um yeah and so yeah that's kind of what what got me into video games is to kind of like lead up into it hmm. um and now uh you're you're doing uh you've just put out oh well, not just put out, it was put out a year ago but you put out empire sim with um mm-hmm. games 
Um, yeah. And it just won numerous awards at the Emirate Irish Game Awards. Like a ton of, yeah. well, a ton of them with, um, with Dreamfeel and I found yeah. as of recording this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, Empire of Sin was a, a lot of fun uh, to work on. Um, I was the lead artist uh, on that project and I, I, I did the art direction for it as well. Um, yeah, that was that was a ton of fun. So that was the first project I was, um, you know, I kind of led, uh, which was which was great. Um, and the and the team I worked with were amazing, a uh, bunch of great artists. Um, but yeah, the the awards, yeah, we won we won three awards. Um, we got uh, best game design, best technical achievement, and uh, best game art, um, which is great. You know, I, I feel very very excited about that and very honored um, uh, about that. So that that that's um that's very lovely um but yeah Empire of Sin yeah that was the, the last game I've, I've worked on um we just released a new DLC for it as well um what would have been what last month or this month under a month I think um but yeah um and that was a lot of fun to work on as well so yeah that's my that's my most recent stuff um yeah and and the games before that we you know at digit we made kings of the realm and then i worked on the a a good portion of though i left before it was released it was the star trek fleet command Mm. um uh, and that game was a lot of fun to work on as well Mm. but yeah and then the other kind of projects i'm working on is uh, i do uh since 2018 i think i've been i do uh illustrations for magic the gathering as well so when i have a bit of free time and you know at at home you know I, i take on a bit of that work just to keep my illustration skills up to scratch and and all that stuff because <laughs> that's you know when you know art direction is a lot of fun but you know I'm, I'm often kind of you know higher level and kind of more kind of looking at the vision of the game and making sure that everything is kind of cohesive and doing a lot less of the kind of hands-on work of um of drawing uh so yeah mm. Mm. excuse me um so sort of, sort of another thing I want to touch on is before we go on to Dark Souls, uh, and yeah. we've actually been going on. Oh, right, at, right. At, we still got to talk about Dark Souls. We still got to talk about Dark Souls. I don't know how long we've gone on for at this point. Have we yeah, gone sorry. Have we gone? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I was I was worried I wasn't going to be able to talk for long enough, and, and here I've gone yapping around. Uh, <laughs> for, um, for the, the other thing I sort of... The, sort of um, the other thing I sort of want to pick on before we get on the Dark Souls is... Yeah. Um, sort of... Irish games industry down south because obviously mm. I've done yeah. a, a bit of coverage on the north side of things with um, the episode we've done on the other podcast that I do on play that mm. press play with mm. um, run for the border and that was sort of more yeah. northern sort of focused and, mm. and we'll do I'm, I'm, we'll try and make an, uh, well I'll say wait it's me really, but like we'll try and make a proper one on the a follow up basically on that uh, the southern contingent but and, and I sort of talked about this as well with Alan Cunningham um, but I want to sort of pick your brain a little bit on how you sort of see um, the Republic games industry sort of grown and mm-hmm. sort of tied into that how you can see how can you see um, the South collaborating with the North a lot more anyway because mm. I feel yeah. like there's definitely more opportunity for that to happen yeah the, the, the game industry in um in the Republic of Ireland at the moment is, is actually is a very exciting time um, at the moment. Like, uh, you know, I've been here since uh, 2013. So, oh, what's that now? Eight years? Um, eight years. Eight years. But yeah, and seeing, seeing the growth um, since, you know, 2013 uh, to now is like, you know, 
yeah, it's been exciting. Like, um, you know, I think when I first moved, I think Digit was probably the only studio that I knew of because PopCap had had closed uh, shortly before that, as as you were saying earlier. Um, and I think Digit and and you know when I was there, like our first game, we were about like twenty twenty five people. Like that was the largest studio by far. But now you know we we that you know there's quite a few studios down here. You know we have. Um, you know, there's Digit still. Uh, you know, we have Romero Games, we have Vela Games, we have Black Shamrock, we have um, there's Dreamfield, Gambrinus. You know, you have you know uh, you know Spooky Doorway. There's, there's like a handful of like you know everything from you know s- small indie teams to you know you know Triple I. You know, and now some kind of bigger studios as well. Um, yeah, and then this year uh, down in the south, we've we've got the the announcement of the tax credit. Which has been really, really exciting to see, and um, I'm actually on the bo- board of uh, Immert, uh, which is kind of our uh, game industry community organization, and um, and it was formed, I think, in 2015, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, and that's something that the the community down here and um, has been like really pushing for forever, ever since I've been here, even before Immert. You know, that's it's been the thing of like everyone's like we need some kind of support and and you know tax uh tax breaks would be a great way to do that um just you know and then and now the next thing that we're hoping to kind of push for is uh some sort of prototype fund because that's kind of like the hardest you know kind of threshold is for companies to you know be able to like they have this great idea there's there's like talented you know developers that want to do it but they don't have the capital to kind of like start the company that they want to want to Mm. do um so some sort of sort of way to kind of say like okay here we're going to give you a bit of money to start you know build this prototype then if you can shop that around and you know get a publisher that's you know that you know that's great because the you know even though the tax credit is you know awesome and is really good you know um tax breaks for kind of development here that can help you know match you know what what tax credits are getting in in france and in canada and the uk and various things like that um now we can kind of match that and compete in in, in that in that way um but that's only kind of for bigger, more established companies that already have a game out out the road. But anyway, all that to say, there's a lot of cool stuff happening there. Um, that that you know, Emirates has been a big part of you know, kind of talking with the the government and organizing uh, studio heads to kind of like come and uh, dialogue with the government as well. So it's been really exciting to kind of be a part of that uh, process. Um, but yeah, the in, the industry here is uh, great. Like I've, it's one thing that I've loved about being in Ireland and. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of made a lot of my friends I've made through uh, because of the industry here, you know, kind of early, you know, you know, you know, it's one thing that you don't realize when you're when you're in your like, you know, late 20s or 30s is that when you move to a different country and have to make friends all over again, it's really tough. <laughs> it's really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and uh, you, you, you kind of forget how. I don't know. I don't know if it was easier when you were younger, but I don't know. Maybe maybe everyone was. You can, it, so anyway, so when I moved here, you know, it was like one of the things that kind of was like, OK, I had my, you know, my workmates and stuff like that. And you kind of make you know a few friends at work. But what really got me involved in the industry here is um, things like there was a Dublin one game a month. And I would kind of, you know, one of my coworkers kind of invited me to that. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And it really got me excited into stuff outside of art. So I started like making my own games and, you know, learning a bit of programming and doing a little bit of, you know, unity or game maker and all this stuff. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. And, and anyway, that, that community is still, you know, great. And, you know, obviously the pandemic's probably kind of like slowed a bit of that kind of like 
you know, community kind of thing, going out to events. But oh my goodness, I can't wait to kind of go up and meet with people again mm-hmm. <laughs> and just, you know, go to the pub and, you know, hang and out. Do, and, do, and do something like run for the border again. That'd be fucking mm-hmm. legendary. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, yeah, and as far as collaboration with the North, like I think, yeah. I would love to do some more stuff like that. Like, um, I know I've jumped into the, the, uh, the discord, um, the Northern Ireland game developers network discord and just kind of seeing your, you know, the community there, um, is, is really exciting. And yeah, I would love to do, you know, I'd love to see us do stuff like, you know, more events or, you know, you know, maybe merging our award shows or something like that. I don't know mm. what it could be. I'm just kind of thro- throwing things out there. It's like stuff like that to just kind of build, you know, join our communities uh, together. Cause there's, there's a lot of great studios up, up, mm. up in the North that, that, you know, I was even unfamiliar of up until like six months ago. And I'd be like, Oh, there's some really, really cool stuff happening. Um, mm. And it's just that, you know, because, you know, of, of that, like, you know separation like we, we just haven't we haven't been as connected as we probably could be and it'd be it'd, it'd be awesome to kind of see that you know interconnectedness happen happen a bit more um yeah well, i think well, there's a lot of opportunity for that well just to put that out that we'll just put this out here yeah. um like when i was speaking to um a few years ago uh jordan bradley of uh now of Ambertail games like mm. maybe like the sort of idea that was mooted between me and her was like maybe an all Ireland sort of discord community for, for both North and South. Yeah. 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 I love that. Like, yeah, I, I know Emirates put together our own discord, um, you know, just, you know, at S2, that's the thing you do now. You need, you need your discord communities, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like some, some sort of way to just, you know, collaborate and jump in. I think that's great. I mean, I, I know you, um, Northern Ireland game developers network that, you know, um, is that uh, lean coffee thing is really cool or other various things where you just like, you know, just jump in and just chat and share, just share knowledge and, and, and share tips. And, you know, cause you know, Ireland's fairly small, you know, mm. and, and it's, you know, especially as far as like game, you know, game industry is concerned, like it's a small thing. It's like, we could, we could really benefit from, you know, knowledge sharing and just kind of coming together. And um, yeah, I think, it, I think it's great. I, I, I love that sort of stuff. Hmm. Um, last question on this front, and then we will jump sure. into ourselves. I promise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where do you see the, the Irish games industry now within the next, let's say, year to maybe three years? Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, I could see the industry here. I mean, definitely growing. I think the. Um, I mean, especially in the south here, like um, with the the tax incentive, like mm-hmm. I see that being a big a big one. Um, like it's, I think, I think it was, I mean, um, yeah, it was like 32% development costs, uh, tax back, like the, that, that's going to be big. Um, and with, you know, and, and with Brexit and all, like maybe seeing like companies seen, seen, you know, the South, you know, like being something, you know, it's still in the EU. I don't know who, who knows, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the tax incentive on itself is, is you know, a big factor. You know, hopefully, you know, I'm hoping it you know help um, build the indigenous, uh, ind- you know, companies here for sure. But it's definitely going to attract um, multinational companies as well or people to kind of, lo- you know, relocate here. Um, so I, and, you know, I, I, I see that as, you know, hopefully a, a, a good a good one, as long as we can solve our housing crisis. <laughs> that yeah. would be all right. <laughs> but, um, 
but uh but yeah no that's good because you know the more talent that can kind of come here the more we can kind of learn from that and the more you know we can grow as a as a community and you know and you know if you know as companies open and close and new ones kind of are formed you know you know people like i i know myself and and probably a lot of you know game developers are, are probably getting tired of, of moving countries every time they need a new job <laughs> and uh and i think uh yeah so the more you can kind of build build the industry here and and build the talent and um i think the better <laughs> talk of your favorite game dark souls finally we get to talk of dark souls not just generally in this episode but also finally at last <laughs> a dark souls episode at last we had bloodborne at last <laughs> we had we had a bloodborne episode uh about five odd years ago um with, oh, okay. alex, with alex neonaki formerly of naughty dog now freelance Ooh. um but we've not had dark souls we've not had a souls game basically um okay uh, but no, we have. We 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 do. We do have. We uh, will. Dark Souls. We will. We will. Um, um, if, I was going to ask if you'd played Demon Souls, but before we started, you said no. You not played Demon Souls. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm a hack. I'm a hack. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I haven't played Demon Souls only because I didn't have. A, I never had a PlayStation until the PS4. Um, so Demon. Uh, and I only got that a couple of years ago. But the main reason I got that was so I could play Bloodborne because I was like, no way. Can, I need I need to play Bloodborne. And, and I was able to get a PS4. So I, so I did that mainly for Bloodborne. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dark Souls. Yeah, I think it's I think it's my favorite game. And as I, as I was saying um, earlier, it's a really, really tough, uh, tough uh, fight between uh, my, my previous before I played uh dark souls it was probably ocarina of time uh zelda but um but i think dark souls has now uh superseded it as my favorite game hmm. um what what sort of attracted you to the dark souls in the first place was it just because dark souls was actually on an xbox rather than just sort of being playstation exclusive um i think what f- yeah what first got me interested in dark souls is um so a good friend of mine in Pittsburgh um, really loved Demon Souls, um, and I would, I would hang out at his place, and he would uh, he would show me uh, Demon Souls, and he was just in love with this game, and he's like, you know, kind of showing it to me, and I, I I played it a little bit, but half the time I was like just watching him play it. I was like, oh, this looks you know this looks really cool, um, and so he was kind of raving about it, um, but because I didn't have a PlayStation at the time, I I didn't play it. Um, so when Dark Souls was coming out, he's like hey this is gonna be you know um 
Or no, it came out on Xbox first before PC, right? PC was just the Prepare to Die edition, right? Yes, it came on console, yeah, okay. so it came on Xbox 360 and PS3 first in about 2011, and then it came on PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I didn't. Um, so I didn't get it when it came out on the consoles, huh? and um, and my friend was raving about it uh, still, and they're like, you know, this is you know this is great. So when the Prepare to Die edition came out for PC, the I think it was probably the following year. Mm. Oh man, and that I was looking at it a little bit earlier. That was ten years ago. Dark Souls came out. <laughs> I feel so old. Um, but anyway, and then uh, the year later, Prepare to Die edition came out. So I was like, okay, I've got a, a semi decent PC. Uh, I'm gonna pick this up, and yeah, I fell in love with it as as, as I, you know, as soon as I, I first started playing it. Um, and it wasn't even um, the fact that it was like fun and you know, kind of the the, the combat uh, was you know kind of challenging. Like the, you know, it, fun? it felt like this. Dark kind of... Souls. What's must mean <laughs> yeah, the fun yeah. Souls games? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Fun, funny story. I'll, I'll go off on a tangent. I'll try to come back. I'll come back <laughs> to what what actually brought me into enjoying the series. Because uh, so anyway, so this, you know, my friend who is raving about the game, um, and he's like, you know, this is you know amazing game i was like okay i jump in and i i jumped into dark souls got through the tutorial um get into the main kind of like firelink shrine area Hmm. and i got stuck for three hours it must have been three hours i kept on going into and for those who've played dark souls i kept on going into the cemetery uh area and fighting all the skeletons over and over and over again because i just thought like that was the way i feel like i felt like the level was telling me to go i i wasn't i wasn't ready for the, the this weird level design thing of it's like i wasn't I, I probably wasn't paying attention to where the characters were telling me to go or i don't even think they even specifically tell you to go up the hill or something or maybe they did and i just missed it i didn't realize i, I thought it was going to be more obvious and so i kept on going i was like well this is the place i can go i must be able to go here but I, I kept on dying i think i lost all my humanity that i had collected or something like that i was like hollowed to like half you know i just i was like so so dead so many times and i was like okay this is obviously I'm going in the wrong direction. I need to go somewhere else. So I went down and I found a way to go down. And then I started fighting these ghosts down in the kind of sunken area of the city. I was like, this is even harder. I can't even hit these things. And I was dying again. And I almost, I almost rage quit um, at, at that time because I was like, I, I literally can't beat this game. People said it was hard. They were right. It's really hard. I can't beat it. Until I was just kind of like in a moment of desperation, just kind of like walking around uh, the Firelink Shrine area and I was like I just don't know where to go and then I kind of just like turned around and I saw this little path going up the hill and I was just like oh my god <laughs> I just I was going in the wrong direction and uh, and anyway so I started fighting those bad guys uh, just like normal undead you know kind of characters and they were so much easier and I was just like okay <laughs> you know trial by fire here <laughs> like all right and then i started that, that playing feels through like it. understatement of the year trial by fire with dark souls <laughs> yeah or any souls game uh, for that matter yeah <laughs> and uh and yeah and so i started uh, getting into the game properly and uh was really enjoying it um but i also made the mistake because i think the first class i had picked was uh thief or bandit i think it was called bandit um 
which is a lot more of the parrying and like the timing to then get like a lot of damage, but you're a lot weaker. So I actually realized after I'd like spent like, you know, three or four hours at this point, I'd like gone through this, like, okay, you know what? I think I picked a hard character. I'm going to go back and I, I restarted as a pyromancer and I, I played my pl- first playthrough as a pyromancer. And that was, that was a lot of fun. But, um, but yeah. And, and what's, what's interesting is like, even though Dark Souls was, you know, it was hard and, you know, and it is like this game about, you know, you know, you know, timing and, and you know, that, that is, you know, definitely a fun aspect of the combat mechanic of the game is like this kind of timing. And, you know, it feels kind of like, like this, uh, dance almost like this combat dance. Um, and you're kind of like managing your stamina and you're trying to time with the parry and you're kind of like, you know, you're kind of dancing with your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, that aside is, you know, you we have all this, you know, this kind of discourse around, you know, the get good kind of aspect of Dark Souls. And like, obviously, my opinion is like, yeah, you know, you should allow people to play a game how they want. You know, uh, you know, every games have always had like some sort of difficulty setting and it should be up to a player to kind of do, you know, do a game how they want to play. This idea that it has to, you know, the only right way to play it is is this super, super difficult way is, is a bit silly, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but um what I, you know, I, you know, I, yeah, I, you know, so I was playing Dark Souls. I was enjoying the combat. And, you know, I, I, I almost quit, but then I jumped back into it and I was really enjoying it. But what really captured me about Dark Souls was the, the world building and the, and the kind of the lore hmm. and the narrative design in, in a sense. Like the, so it's, it, it's presented to you in this way that isn't like a, uh, you know, it's not, you have a little bit of cinematics at the beginning. Uh, you have a little bit of like dialogue with certain characters as they kind of tell you, you know, oh, you need to, you know, ring this bell. So you get like these kind of like directions of where to go. But you kind of also get these little snippets of these stories of their backstories, but they're presented to you, to you as if you are already in this world and you already understand what's happened uh, kind of in a way. Um, and it's, it feels, and I mean, the voice acting is really good. So that, you know, that's, that's good. But the dialogues are, they feel natural because they're not, it's not like someone just telling you a story. Mm. Um, and so you have a little bit of that, but then you get a lot of this kind of lore through the environment, you know, whether it's like the areas you're going to or statues, or you might, um, pick up like a ring or, or something off of like a, a dead body. And then you like re- read the item description and it gives you a little taste of that. Um, and so when I was first playing the game, I, I didn't, I didn't understand the lore, you know, to, I, I didn't follow the narrative thread um, mm. at all. I was just kind of really enjoying being in this world that felt so much larger than my character um, because it was like, I wasn't expected to kind of like my objective wasn't to follow the story, but I was like in this world where I'm like, my character was, you know, all I really knew was I'm quote chosen undead and I'm to fight and I just fight these bosses, you know, essentially, but I'm surrounded by all this lore and history and the Lords and the, you know, and the demons and the various things. And I'm, you know, kind of going through it. Um, And it was only after that, you know, I kind of, I, I almost didn't really, care at the time what the actual story was i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed this this kind of like being surrounded in it but i didn't really um i wasn't 
I didn't have this expectation that I needed to know the story because I, honestly, I didn't really think that it was being presented to me that way. Um, you know, obviously, there like now there's um, you know there are there's this YouTuber uh, Vadi Vidya. V-A-A-T-I-V-I-D-Y-A that's like done this like deep dive into the Dark Souls lore, which I'm, I haven't even gone through all of it, but it's really, really fascinating. They've gone through with maybe, I think a couple people have gone through and kind of dissected all the conversations and the environment design and other various things and kind of tell the story of Dark Souls lore in kind of a linear way and mm. go into the d- different NPC characters you meet and kind of tell their kind of story. Because it's very, very easy to miss all these like narrative threads in the game. Like if you don't, if you kill a boss before you talk to another character, then you just don't see them again, and you don't finish that you know narrative thread. Um, so it's really easy to miss. Um, and I probably only loosely understood some of the narrative thread as I was playing the game. But I like it was so compelling of a of a world in that mm. in that way. Mm. Um. I'll, we'll touch upon all these sort of aspects separately um, in a mm. bit. Um, first, like I want to sort of touch on something that you mentioned there, and that's sort of the get good mentality of mm. the mm-hmm. Souls games that have sort of been born out uh, from them uh, in more detail um, from what you were saying there now. Um, and like I do sort of get the mentality of that the vision of the developer like mm. should be sort of. Um, embraced and met um, but at the same time uh, that's not exactly possible with you know uh, certain uh, players who have you know disabilities and stuff like that there who mm. want to sort of experience some of the things that, that you just mentioned like the lore like exploration of the world and and, and and all sorts of things tied to these games like like with Dark Souls like with Bloodborne um, mm. and so what I want to get to is just sort of how does how do how do I word this basically how, how how detrimental basically can sort of that sort of get good mentality be basically because like the, it's it's one thing to sort of sort of poke fun at yourself or get good and all that there mm. but it does feel like at the same time it is very much toxic in a way mm-hmm. yeah 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 um yeah it's a tough one I mean like on one side yeah yeah you you have the you know, I mean, obviously making games is tough um, and balancing a game is is, is hard. Um, and the more time you you pour into different versions of a game to like balance it on, on different difficulty levels that yeah, it's more more time you have to invest as, in it as a developer into, oh. into making that work. Um, that being said, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's a worthy thing to invest in i mean if i or i mean if there's developers out there that don't don't care then okay yeah but you know they'll they'll probably get you know contingent of people who are like i really wanted to play this game and i can't um and that and that kind of sucks um i mean but it's the same thing it's like same thing with like adding in um and that could be even just a personal preference um for for the players like oh you know i just don't want a difficult game i just want something like i just want to enjoy it the way I want to enjoy it and more the, you know, I don't really care about the, you know, the, 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 you know, the mechanical challenge. And I really just kind of want to enjoy the experience of, of, of the game. Um, or it could be something more, um, you know, important, which is like, you know, adding in accessibility options mm-hmm. and various things like that. And I, I think, you know, it, I think it's great to kind of see the, you know, the industry, 
moving or, you know, and yeah, moving into like doing that more, like making sure there's good accessibility options and praising the games and developers that, that pour in the time and effort into that. And, uh, I think that should be something that um, game developers think about more, more. Um, and it's like, yeah, I, I don't really see the, yeah. And there's definitely is a toxic aspect of, of, of it that you see online, which is like, well, this is the game. Like there's this weird element of like, you know, needing to be the best at a game at its like, you know, most difficult. It's, 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 like, one, it's one thing yeah. to get that from a multiplayer aspect. Yeah. It's another from, it's another from a sort of when you're, when you're playing it as a single player game, basically. Like yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. If it's like a competitive multiplayer, then he's like, yeah, okay. You don't want to anything in there to like change it. So it's, or I mean, you know, I've, there's, there's also a lot of uh, multiplayer games. I think I remember playing that you, you can automatically put in, you know, handicaps on players that are really, really good at a game just so you can kind of balance it out, you know, the way, the way you want to, but you know, that's, you know, obviously a personal preference for, the players involved you'd, you'd usually you wouldn't do that in um you i remember doing that in land parties you know because mm. you'd have someone who had the game who's really really good and you're like put on the handicap you know we you know like we we don't play this enough and you're you're way too good um but uh yeah you don't really see that on like competitive uh, multiplayer i guess um mm. so much um but yeah, so so I think that's a yeah. I I guess I I think that's a bit weird when you see like someone is like, well, no, I enjoyed the game this way because that's the intent of the game, and I got really good at it, and so you can't enjoy it unless you also get good at it mm. that way. Like the, yeah, that that side of it is a bit is a bit weird, and yeah. Hmm. The, the the other side of it though is the immense satisfaction you get when you do like beat a oh, boss yeah. in that game because like like. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's challenging to the point mm-hmm. of literally throwing your controller not only mm-hmm. for so much um, against the wall or up against the wall, yeah. but basically smashing through the wall at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there yeah. is such a feeling of rewardingness. Oh, I don't even know yeah. what's word, but like that feeling of <laughs> yeah. reward it'll, it'll and do. a job well yeah. done on beating yeah, the yeah. boss in these sorts of games. Yeah, I, I know I enjoy that. Like, um, you know, I, I personally enjoy that aspect of it. But like, but depending on the game, it's like I have had moments of, you know, definitely when I was younger, I had a lot more time to kind of be a bit more obsessive. Like, I need to beat this. You know, I need to beat this. Um, but I think as I've got older, I have less time to kind of just spend hours on it. It's like I have so many games I want to play. And if, if I'm kind of like running into a wall too much, I'll be like, ah, all right. You know, but for me, if there is a difficulty level, I'll just like bump it down to the next difficulty level and be like, that's fine. <laughs> like I, I can do that. But if, yeah, so yeah, it's a tough one. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I don't need to play every game. Like if a game is either too hard or like I'm, I'm getting a little frustrated with it, I can't beat anything yet. It's like, I'll just go to the point where I'll just put it down and play in the next game I want to play. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I, I mean, that is one of the reasons why I've enjoyed Dark Souls is like, you know, you're just, you know, it was first game in a while where I felt like I, I had, you know, I had to do that. Like, uh, I need, no, I need to actually learn this boss's moves. I need to, you know, you know, train essentially in this, in this boss. Um, and it was frustrating at times, but um, I really enjoyed it. And I think in, as far as like, you know, Souls-ish games, like I think the one that hit me the hardest was Sekiro. I, oh man, the 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 main guy when you're at the top of the tower. I I don't even know how many days. I kind of I think I actually quit that game for a good six months, 
and then came back to it after six months because it's like I really want to play this game again but I was <laughs> I just hit a wall and I realized I just wasn't I hadn't been parrying right or is it parrying in the game I forget what they call it but it's like yeah I hadn't been I hadn't actually been doing the mechanics correctly and that forced me to learn and I was like ah okay I got it but yeah so I really enjoyed that I really enjoyed that hmm. um there was this fantastic book um, that was released a few years ago. Um, you Died at the Dark Souls book by uh, Jason mm. Killingsworth and Kevin MacDonald. Um, and there's a quote actually from that I sort of want to touch on. Um, mm. And um, that was sort of written in the book. And that's the mechanic of... Oh, well, the unofficial mechanic, I guess. Of death as an education. Mm. as in dying over and over and over and over again in order to sort of find out what you can do better for the next fight against, you know, say going through a certain area or going through, mm-hmm. up against a certain boss. Um, in that instance, how did you sort of go and, uh, or how, how did you go through the game with that sort of mentality in mind then? Hmm. Yeah, um... <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's it's cool. I, I mean, it's it's definitely you know, obviously, it's no argument that that's a part of the game mechanic. Um, excuse me. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I definitely learned a lot. Like like I was saying, like when my first playthrough in it, when I died for three hours straight and I lost all my humanity, I definitely started that game it was probably actually one of the reasons why i started over again as well it's like i'd lost all my humanity or essentially this way of kind of like crawling back and and getting a little bit uh, more health uh, if i remember correctly um yeah but i'd lost my essentially my all my humanity to kind of like get you know uh human again unhollowed or or what have you um but yeah and and what's funny is i later on in the game you get this you can get this ring that allows you to when you die it breaks and um you don't lose your souls uh and but this ring breaks and you kind of like the 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 penalty for death is isn't there anymore but then you have to go you can go get it repaired um so that you can that can happen again and and i got into this loop because i was so desperately not wanting to die and lose my souls i would go back to the blacksmith which was a bit of like a a hike you know i'd go back to the blacksmith every time i died to fix this ring so i'd go back and not lose my souls again (laughs) because like later on in the game you would you know you get a lot of souls and you know to level up you need even more and more and stuff like that and there was actually a certain part of me as i was getting close to beating the game where i just like I actually hate how much I'm bound to this ring <laughs> because I don't want to die. <laughs> you know, I don't want to lose my progress. Like it, I almost wish I didn't have it, but I, I did have it. And so I would use it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something in there where this fact is like, I felt so bound to like not wanting to die in this ring. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I thought that was great. I'm, I mean, it is definitely, you know, it's frustrating on one sense, but um, it's also interesting on another. And it also puts this real sense of threat. Like not many games provide you with a sense of like dread. And 
the death mechanic in and like being able to be invaded like being oh, invaded God, yeah. when you have uh, a lot of souls and you're in the middle of somewhere in, in dark souls you get invaded is like one of the most terrifying moments in games <laughs> because oh, you're God, like yeah. yeah because you're just like you're like you i know for me it's like feeling of, oh my yeah. god i am unbelievably <laughs> fucked yeah exactly and i was never good at and i still am not good at the multiplayer like trying to fight off someone else in in dark souls who invades me and try to like i rarely win those like maybe a 10 percent win chance on you know on my side so anytime it's like you've been invaded and i don't have a friend with me and i'm on my own i'm just like my heart sinks and i'm like fuck sake like you fucker like i'm just like i'm just so mad <laughs> and uh oh can i cuss that i don't know but okay okay but uh but oh man like yeah and there's not many games that makes me feel that way um and but it's great it's great you know it, it's like one of those things and 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 you know and and probably the original dark souls or, or maybe it was two or three i i got there was you know, a moment where I was like, okay, I, I want to be, you know, the jerk now. And I go and invade people and just try to, you know, be a jerk. <laughs> but, uh, but I, again, I was never that good at it, but it was just kind of fun that it was like, there's this, there's this mechanic built in to like grief people. Um, I mean, like it's, it's, it's a, a bit it's mean. A, it's but, the same sort of feeling in Deathloop as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, ne- I still need to get further in Deathloop. Um, just started playing it, but. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's just it's not yeah you don't get that feeling in a lot of games and so and and, and you, yeah mm. yeah it's great it's mm. great i love it <laughs> <laughs> um you sort of touched upon it there a, a while ago but um i i can't recall a game that has had such a fan base extensively explore and detail a series lore in the mm-hmm. way you know people have for games like mm. Dark Souls <clears throat> or or other Souls Souls games like Bloodborne, like Sekiro, mm. and likely in, a, in mm. a few months' time as of recording this Elden Ring, um, yeah. Like, and and you mentioned as well as the sort of world building in that as well, because like that mm. again, I don't think you will see such a dedicated fan base to sort of go over every inch in detail of mm-hmm. of the lore of a series like Dark Souls. I mean like mm-hmm. and, and you said yourself like you were sort of um before we started, like we were you were sort of refreshing yourself a wee bit on the on the lore aspect anyway. Um but talk to me a little bit about that in terms of your perspective on playing the mm. game anyway. Yeah, so so like I was saying, like I I haven't done a, a deep dive into the lore so much myself, um, even though I've been so kind of fascinated by it. Um, and uh, like a friend of mine kind of sent me on that that YouTuber that was kind of doing it, and I've been kind of slowly picking away at those videos. Um, I think what draws people to it is that um, I don't know if there's a term for this, but there's like this this. In, in kind of modern culture, there's this kind of like prevalence to everything in a movie or a TV show or a game or, or whatever kind of cultural medium you have. Every little thing needs to be explained. Um, I think a good example of this is uh, Lost, the, the TV series yes. Lost. Yeah. And it's like, I love that show for the first two seasons because everything was a mystery. 
and yeah. everything wasn't explained and it was just um it was like this weird weird shit was happening you didn't know what it was and they were trying to figure it out and you're kind of getting these clues but it was all wrapped around like trying to discover the mystery as soon as you get into the uh, the the seasons that start explaining the thing then you're just like oh well that's not as exciting as I thought I, it was I, be. I feel like yeah. for me that was season four because season yeah, three yeah. was just was, was great, but it wasn't it wasn't yeah. as good as the first yeah. It might have been three. season four, yeah. Actually, the first but, half, the first bit of season season three was bad, yeah. but after those first few episodes, I admit that this yeah. was after the writer's strike at the time. Um, yeah. Season three just actually improved a lot by that point, and oh my god, yeah. the ending that that was the point yeah. where you went. What the fuck just happened with the whole? We yeah, gotta yeah. go back, Kate. We gotta go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's a perfect example of how when when a medium feels like it has to explain everything um, to the viewer, or the player. Um, when when they do that, you actually kind of ruin the fun. You ru- you ruin the experience. Um, and I think what. Dark Souls does really well, or the Souls series and Bloodborne and, and Sekiro. It's kind of what I was talking about earlier, which is they've done a lot of work um, behind the scenes, or you know, before before they present the game to the player, they've done a lot of world building work. They have everything, you know. They have their kind of like creation theory. They have their everything. They have their um, you know the lords. You have the you know the the, the witches of Isolith. You know you have the Gwyn and the, you have the you know all the you know um, yeah all, all the all the various characters and stuff and they have all this stuff wrapped around and and the undead thing and the the pyromancers and the clerics and stuff they have all this st- stuff worked out but they never they never present it to you in a linear fa- or never present it to you as a player in the in this kind of way like you would have in like uh, I don't know like or, or like another brilliant like a narrative brilliant narrative game um uh you know the last of us or a game like that which is like also has a really brilliant story but nothing is really left to your imagination because you're kind of presented it almost in like a film uh you know cinematic kind of uh, narrative uh, which is great but dark souls doesn't do that they use the game and the interactive nature of the game to present a story to you um and like I was saying earlier, it's like a little bit of conversation, but a lot of it is in the environment, um, uh, and a lot of it, you know, is in little item descriptions. And so what you have is like you've now created an interactive narrative experience, which is the player can try to piece that together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think that's why you have this kind of fan base so kind of obsessed with it because it is it it is deep. It's not a shallow uh, narrative story. It's not just enough to make you feel you know like to just do the thing you need to do it's a lot deeper than that it's a lot bigger than that but they don't show you right away or they don't show you really directly and they allow you to kind of discover it yourself so you have all these youtube videos of people kind of like trying to piece it together and discover it and talk about it um uh which i think is what what's so kind of fascinating fascinating about it Hmm. um the other, the other thing that sort of touches on the sort of aspect of that sort of world building is some of the <laughs> the environments and and world within within Dark Souls and uh, especially and you sort of alluded to it with the sort of with the graveyard uh, stuff, but like the exploration as well is 
the atmosphere it feels second to none in other games mm. anyway, or or to a majority of games anyway, at least. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, in ter- like, in in terms of, I'll, I'll speak. I won't speak too much generally on this aspect in regards to Dark Souls. I'll actually mention it in regards to another Souls like game, which is Bloodborne, and we'll touch upon Bloodborne mm. properly in, in detail in a bit. Mm. But like, Bloodborne going through that um world at the start like there feels like even just in that small bit there feels like there's a lot more sort of atmosphere in that small bit at the start of the game or the sort of you're going about sort of town aspect of it Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. early on in the game it feels like there's more atmosphere in that little bit of the game than there is the majority of games that are out there Mm. right now and I think the way it deals with that is absolutely brilliant. Admittedly, I have not played Bloodborne in quite a few years. I think the last time I played it was with that aforementioned episode on Bloodborne a few years ago mm. for Season 4 with Alex Deonaki. Um So I really need to play it again, just sort of refresh myself a little bit. Um, mm. But I think even in that small aspect of Bloodborne, like, like I said, there, there's enough atmosphere in that than the majority of games these days. And you're... And, to touch on the other aspect I mentioned, it feels like the exploration as well in these games, you get really rewarded with the exploration of within these worlds whenever you're going about, whether it is Bloodborne, whether it is Dark Souls. I feel like for me, From Software and Miyazaki just sort of nails that concept of mm. rewarding the player who explores. It may not end up, you may not be rewarded um, greatly, you might end up being mm. dead for your efforts, but it feels like at <laughs> least, it feels like at least in that regard, at least in terms of my my own interpretation of it, it feels like you do get something out of it for better or worse mm-hmm. anyway. But nonetheless, it is something that is worthwhile and uh, in terms of exploring anyway. Yeah, definitely. I think um, the exploration side of stuff is uh, yeah, is 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 really great. I mean, there's so many parts of dark souls and bloodborne uh that are optional like you don't have to go like dark souls for instance like the the painted world uh like i don't think even my first playthrough i i went went in there um into that painting um but and i think like you're talking about the, the rewards um i think what's so fascinating about it is like sure you get like the you will often get some sort of you know uh gameplay mechanic related reward whether it's like a really cool item or a cool weapon but you also get this uh narrative reward of like it's often a part of the grander story that you might not even know 100 percent what what the threads are but you know you're, you're going into this thing and you're like and it's often in its own like really creative unique place um you know painted world being again being a, a good example of it um and yeah, and Bloodborne's the same. So you're kind of you are encouraged to kind of go and you know maybe talk to NPCs or kind of try to explore this other other corridor or fight this boss that you don't have to. But um, you're like ah, oh, but it's something you know. And and sometimes like maybe the you know it's too strong. You come back to it later. Or maybe you forget about it. <laughs> but I think it is fascinating is because sometimes you know in, I mean like we're talking it's like game development is is hard and you know 
when you're when you're on a deadline or you only got a certain amount of budget, it's really hard to invest, you know, say that it's worth investing the time into creating content that maybe a player doesn't have to do. <laughs> like like that's that's you know, it's quite bold as a developer to say like we're gonna create a certain portion of this game that is, you know, all these monsters and animations and characters and environment design and all this other stuff that we we're pouring in and the money we're pouring into like build this, but it's because it creates a better experience for the game. Um, and I think that's, that's fascinating because if you didn't do that and it, it would, the game would feel so linear, um, you know, even though the game, the game's probably in, you know, in, are relatively linear. Yeah, I mean they're not open world games in 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 the same sense though. Elden Ring looks like it might be a little bit more open worldy. Mm, yes, um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean I think that allowing that sense of exploration is 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 exciting. It kind of you know uh, you know is what kind of I think captures people. And it, again, I think it adds to that sense of this world is bigger than, than me. It feels like a big world, not only in the narrative design, but also in the, there's elements of this game that I can play that I don't have to. And, and you know, oftentimes the first time I played through some of the games, I haven't gone into these extra extra parts or like, I think I've only beaten Bloodborne once and I only did one ending, but I, I, I know that there's like three different endings or something like yeah. that. Um, and that's just really cool. So it like encourages to kind of like, play through it again, uh, you know, and, and all this stuff. Hmm. Um, I don't know if actually you mentioned this earlier, but like the, the one thing that we sort of touched on before we started was the sort of narrative design of, of these games um, and Dark Souls in particular, like mm. go into that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not, I'm not a narrative designer, um, of course, or a writer. Um, but I think what, one thing that's kind of, captured me it's, it's like as i've been in you know games industry for almost you know uh, nine years now um and you know obviously playing games since i was a kid like it is and and more recently been interested in like narrative design and like how you present story to a player like what is what is the feeling or what is the mood that you're trying to kind of convey to a player or um because that's really important and i think sometimes we haven't given narrative uh enough importance in games so mm. when when you are presented with with a game that does something interesting in that space it's like it it feels even more impactful um and i think you know i think dark souls you know it is interesting because when, when you think about narrative or writing you often think of your last of us and your games like that because mm. it is presented like a movie or other formats that we're used to kind of receiving um story from um and i think when i realized because like I was saying, with the first time I played Dark Souls, I didn't realize there was specifically a, a narrative thread or story. Um, and it wasn't until after I'd kind of beat it and it was chatting to my friend where he was starting to talk about all the story kind of behind it because he was kind of listening to a couple podcasts that were kind of diving into it. And I was like, oh, wow, I, I didn't even realize that they had they had put in that much effort to kind of make this, you know, these threads. You know, I just kind of went to, you know, the graveyard area with the bone monsters that you know so i was just fighting those and then i went to the swamp area with the leeches i, I just thought it was like a level in some way but it had like this broader thing but um but yeah and but then when he kind of mentioned it i was like oh yeah that does make sense because you know it added it's almost like this subconscious thing to me as i was interacting with this world it just made it feel like a cohesive world um without me realizing it uh because 
of the way that they presented the the story to the player and it like i was saying before like it wasn't just dialogue or or uh, audio it was um the world and the you know that i was walking and, and maybe even the level design itself like the fact that i was going into these places after like i'm going into the swamp and then into you know uh isolith and and various things like it's like you can kind of see the project uh, uh process of the you know kind of the story kind of laid out before you hmm. the the other actually i just realized something that um just to sort of touch back on on the gameplay side of things is we've hmm. actually not discussed um um the boss fights in, in dark souls at all uh, mm. so let, let, let's rectify that how did you find them i'm trying to remember yeah i mean yeah i mean they're 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 fun and they're tough um you know obviously it's about learning their fighting patterns uh, again kind of like i was mentioning like it's it's almost like this dance you know yeah. and i think that's what I've, I've 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 really really enjoyed with with dark souls is like it kind of create it gives you enough kind of tools you know you know controls and uh, that you're kind of like, okay, I need to learn how to, and, and you kind of build your character in the way that you want to dance in a way. Um, so you can kind of be the, the big heavy blocker character or you're the fast nimble character or you're the range character kind of stuff. And you're kind of trying to figure out how, okay, how do I fight this boss in, in this manner? And you're trying to learn their moves and their, their tells. So they'll, they'll kind of do the slight tell before they do the thing. Oftentimes it's very quick and you can't see, you know, you got to get, re, you know, really um, perceptive at what that is. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've, I've definitely found that a lot of fun and, um, you know, definitely, you know, run into a boss that just like feels really, really tough. And you, you know, try to, you know, have crack at it for, you know, 20, 50 times. And you're like, I can't fucking do this. All right. I need to go back and, you know, do a little bit of grinding to kind of level up my character, uh, to, you know, just get a bit more health. Um, or maybe I need to go to another, you know, maybe I missed another, you know, level that I need to do before, for this one. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it's great, great fun. The the thing the thing that um Dark, uh, Dark Souls players always come back to when it comes to the boss fights is always Ornstein's smile. Oh yeah, <laughs> that one. Oh my god. Um, yeah, that was. I think that was the first time. Whereas I I spent I don't know a good hour waiting for a random multiplayer person to help help me because I was like I can't fucking do this, and so I was just like sitting. I remember sitting outside the you know the boss you know the 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 gray wall of the boss fight and be like yeah. I'm gonna sit here until someone can help me, you know. Um, eventually, eventually somebody did, <laughs> and I got through it. But I I kept on thinking like I don't know how I could do this fight without somebody else helping me because it's like the two on one uh aspect of it was just too too much um and maybe i wasn't leveled up enough to kind of take it on but yeah man it was tough um but I, another aspect of it i was like uh, i wonder if they they intentionally did that to like make you like you you needed to be in that sense of desperation to need ask for help you know kind of thing you can't just do it on your own all the time <laughs> maybe they're, they're teaching us something <laughs> <laughs> Um. So, do, 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 do. so obviously, uh, uh, in your role at, at Romero, um, with being sort of an art lead and all that, there, uh, obviously, I have to talk about the art direction and and mm. just sort of the general vibes of 
the art presentation in in these games, but especially obviously in regards to what we're talking about with Dark Souls. Um, yeah, it's it's who. That's all, because <laughs> that's the only reason yeah. I can sort of put to it. Because it's like, ooh, this, yeah. this, this is, this is, I don't, I don't quite know how else to put it. Um, that's just, <laughs> it reminds me back to the day today scene where Chris Morris just basically asked uh, Steve Coogan in sum up the Queen's fight with John Major and one word he can't, and he just sums it up with a sound. Like, I push for time. Can you sum it up in a word? No. A sound? Ugh. That's basically me with, with <laughs> yeah. the art of Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The 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 visual um, kind of direction of the of Dark Souls series is is great. You know, it's like this this awesome blend of you know kind of high fantasy, um, but feels really dark and moody. You know, it's 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 gritty and and feels very gothic. Depressing. Very gothic. Yeah, yeah. Too. It feels very depressing. Like it's got this weight, which obviously fits the you know the the story as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, like yeah, very you know inventive characters. Um, I would love to. I don't have any uh, um, Art Souls dark books, uh, dark books, uh, Dark Souls art books <laughs> yet. But uh, I, I do want to get some. It's like that would be. I would love to be in the like the um, be a fly on the wall in the like world building a new Dark Souls game kind of thing. Like seeing how the you know the creative director or you know art director or the concept artists or the narrative designers kind of all come together and kind of communicate how they want to kind of present this stuff like that would be fascinating to see um yeah and like you were saying earlier like i think dark souls is great um obviously i love the art direction but uh bloodborne also kind of captured like i think it captured uh everyone even even more like it's feeling like this, yeah, this uniqueness of 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 uh, you know art direction, um, and I wonder, like, I wonder if it was more of the 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 theme, like, I mean, because you have this great blend of, uh, you know, this kind of like Victorian uh, meets you know eldritch horror, uh, you know, werewolf and gothic kind of stuff, and that's all, all you know, all very. Um, you know fascinating like so maybe maybe compared to dark souls which is dark souls feels a little bit more kind of classic medieval high fantasy even though they obviously have these demons and various things like it's also very fascinating but i think maybe that's why bloodborne you know captured and obviously you have like this in most of the game you have this big huge moon (laughs) you know it's kind of like like, really kind of striking and i think the thing about in regards to dark souls and bloodborne in terms of art anyway that's the stuff i think for me, Bloodborne sort of art direction attracted me to it a lot more than Dark Souls. This isn't to say mm. Dark Souls art direction is is worse than Bloodborne. Far from it. Like mm. Blood, Dark, Dark Souls, Blood, uh, Dark Souls um, art direction is fantastic. But I think yeah, the thing yeah. that sort of attracted me more to Bloodborne, as a player who is otherwise very shit at Souls games and cannot mm-hmm. play them for shit, is the fact that Bloodborne's art direction feels a lot more richer mm. to me anyway than dark yeah. souls and again this isn't a slight on uh, this isn't a slight oh, yeah, on yeah. Uh, dark souls don't 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 get me wrong on that that, that isn't a slight yeah. on dark souls but for me it feels like bloodborne again has that bit more richer of an art direction to it mm. than dark souls anyway and i feel like also that sort of adds to the atmosphere of it as well mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you're right, um, and I, I definitely agree. Like, I wonder. Like, I haven't, I haven't done a like a comparativeness. Obviously, the the art direction at a high level is is kind of pretty similar um, as far as like you know aesthetics go. Yeah. But you know, the theme is a little bit different. I wonder if, like, I haven't, like I was saying, I haven't done a deep dive, but comparing the two. But I wonder if bloodborne has a bit more color even just in general um i'm not not sure like it is also a very kind of dark you know kind of oh yeah desaturated game too but i'm 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 thinking like there are a few kind of key images in my head where like i remember seeing like the big blood red moon oh, yeah. with the, like the gothic ar- ar- architecture and you're like your classic um you know character and stuff i'm just like okay is it, is it that or or there is a few elements with the you know the eldritch horror kind of characters when you're coming in um like uh what was the was it the library um when you kind of jump off that into you know there's a few moments where you're like dealing with the eldritch horrors that also feel very very iconic i mean yeah hmm. yeah anyway yeah all you know gorgeous games um i think they do a real good set oh and i mean as far as like coming back to dark souls there's like a few key moments that game too like when you come up into arno londor like that moment of like coming from like what you've mainly been in this kind of dark dreary uh environment and you kind of get brought up by those kind of like bat winged you know demons up up over the walls of arno londor and this is like this glorious golden you know city um i remember that being like a very I- iconic kind of moment as well so yeah i think they do a good job um really kind of well, not not only like setting scenes and making like uh, these environments feel very um, you know iconic and different from each other, um, but obviously you know like the the character you know, the creature designs um, and the monsters you're kind of fighting all, all you know have you know very you know there's just really interesting designs. I like I always think of like back on like if I'm thinking of like creepy kind of characters, like I'm always thinking like, okay, I should, you know, l- let me reference a little bit of dark souls or, or bloodborne, you know, uh, there's so many, so many great, uh, you know, designs. Um, yeah, I just love it. It's just really, really good. Um, so moving, uh, on then, um, have you had a chance to play dark souls remastered at all then? Oh yeah, so I'm playing Dark Souls Remastered right now with uh, with a friend. Ah, uh, oh yeah, you did yeah. say that. You did say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, we might we might have mentioned that earlier in the episode or before we. Oh started. well, we mentioned um, it before we started talking, but um, I had actually yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if I mentioned it was remastered, but uh, yeah, I've been playing through remastered uh with a friend of mine, and that's been a lot of fun. Um, uh, yeah, it's. It's really really cool. It's actually what you know. You know, when when you reached out to me, asked me of a favorite game, I was like, I probably was going to say Dark Souls anyway. But I was like, oh, I'm also playing. I'm still playing this game. <laughs> you know, ten years later, it's probably a good candidate. <laughs> yeah. I can't escape it. it yeah, can't, I, can't I can't escape, escape it. Uh, what do you think of um, remastered anyway in comparison to the original game put out ten years ago anyway? Yeah, um, I haven't played the. I haven't played the original like prepare to die edition in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I probably hadn't played dark souls or, or picked it up, you know, for a few years. So when the remastered came out, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll pick it up. I mean, it's, 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 it's a funny thing. Cause it's like, as you haven't played a game for a while, you, you have your memory of what you remember a game feeling like. Um, but then sometimes when you go back and you're like, oh man, these graphics suck. <laughs> um, I think the remaster, 
Like when I jumped into the remaster, I'm like, yeah, this feels what like what I remembered. I didn't really realize that it had like, you know, because obviously it doesn't look like a PS5 game. You know, it's not that remastered. Um, but I was like, you know, oh, yeah, this this looks great. And then I looked at like some screenshots of the original Dark Souls. I was like, oh, wow, it did look a lot worse. This does look a lot better. Uh, oh, OK. <laughs> so, you know, it, it felt the same. Like it captured, you know, my my expectation of what I remembered the game uh, feeling like. So if someone wouldn't have told me, I probably wouldn't have thought about it that much until I saw images of the original. Mm. Um, so it's sort of skirted around these games, um, for, uh, and talking about Dark Souls, but like, let, let's, let's talk, um, Bloodborne, let's talk of Sekiro, let's talk of Elden sure. Ringdown. Um, like, yeah. um, I, I, specifically I want to sort of, like, we sort of alluded to it in terms of the art direction anyway, but like, Bloodborne in particular feels like more of a revolution than an evolution of the Dark Souls formula. That sort of formulated, mm. whereas Sekiro and Elden Ring, this isn't again. This isn't slight both uh, Sekiro and mm-hmm. Elden Ring. Like Elden Ring looks fantastic, and Sekiro, mm-hmm. like the very little of I've played of that, is fantastic. But mm-hmm. like in their own ways, they feel like evolutions of Dark Souls, and mm-hmm. to, and in that regard, Bloodborne. Whereas Bloodborne feels like an absolute game changer in terms of the Souls formula from what mm. Miyazaki and from software have done with Dark Souls. And so, what is it that those games have sort of brought from Dark Souls? And I guess, considering Dark Souls brought it from that as well, Demon Souls, mm. what, is it, what is it about these sorts of games that... I don't quite know how to sort of... Uh, ask this question but like how did how did these games sort of evolve the formula then or at least in mm. Bloodborne's case sort of significantly revolutionize it anyway at least in my eyes mm. anyways because I feel like it, it does feel like in Bloodborne's case it feels like a significant um, mm. revolution on, on that front anyway compared to Sekiro yeah. or Elden Ring anyway yeah I, th- I think what I think what I found interesting and, and you know and you know I think I think is you know definitely a props to the, like the the you know design decisions that that you know the designers that like made that you know decision to kind of like change it up like because you often see a lot of games and like they almost you know which i understand and, and like sometimes we we want it is like to keep the same the formula the same and just give us more content of the same formula um and i think you know the dark souls 2 and dark souls 3 probably did that to extent they though they did kind of change a few things up to uh, a little bit along the way but like you're saying like bloodborne was was interesting because what they did was um at least the way i played dark souls and maybe a lot of people did is i almost always had a shield you know so i was usually like walking into areas i didn't know with my shield up being like you know i'm gonna get you know i'm gonna get fucked here so i'm just like just like looking around every corner like waiting for that sword to swing um but in bloodborne they essentially forced you not to do that they're like Like, no you don't have shield shield. there is no shield there is there actually is one shield there's one shield and they they allow you to pick it up, but it's absolute shit. And they essentially, I think they kind of mock you with it because I think the item you description. You can't play says, this game. You think you yeah. can pick up this shield and that yeah. protects you? You can't yeah. play this game for shit. Yeah. 
and so what I thought was fun about that game is they they turned that idea on its head and it's like, no, it's not about blocking damage. It's about getting in and essentially getting into the melee fray uh, of it all and say like, okay, no, you can get hurt, but you just got to deal damage back and you can get a bit of that health back. Um, so it kind of forced you into the action, which I think was, was a really interesting way to kind of like, you know, kind of twist the, 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 the formula a little bit. Mm. I, I, feel, um, I feel like as well, like using that gun is in effect the shield anyway as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, you can kind of like knock them or, or stagger them and kind of prevent them from kind of doing the attack. Yeah, it's interesting. I I, re- I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and I definitely think it did kind of change the the kind of series, you know, a little bit. Kind of like mess with it enough. I don't know. Like may- maybe I'm wrong. I almost felt like Sekiro actually was more of a departure than mm. than than the other Souls games. Um, in i felt like it it was a lot of fun and i really enjoyed it um but i almost felt it it felt less souls like than bloodborne did um maybe it was because of like the grappling hook or, or maybe it was like because it, it and and the way that um you know bloodborne said okay you can't block uh you have to get in the melee sekiro essentially changed that again and said okay you're no longer you're not blocking and you're, you know, you're in the melee, but now it's about parrying. Like the focus is now parrying and being able to like time your attack. So you're kind of like blocking. Um, and it's about the balance of your, was it stamina? I, f- I forget. I haven't played secure in, in, in a little bit, but it's like the stamina meter or, or maybe it's like, cause I know the enemies get that bar that kind of uh, racks up as well. So it's about like, Okay, if you time the parrying attacks, you can you build up their exhaustion meter essentially, and then you can and that's kind of how you, you you do the balance. Um, and I found that very and that was like I was saying I think before when I was playing Sekiro, like I, I kind of hit this wall is because I wasn't paying attention to that. Um, and once I figured that out, and I was just like, oh, okay, this is how this game wants me to play because I'd never really properly played a Souls game like that, and it forced me to kind of change my play behavior. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I, and then I, then I, you know, was able to kind of get into it further. Um, and yeah, and then, um, Elden Ring, um, I mean, I've watched a few videos, but yeah, I, I, I'll be interested to see how they change up the, you know, or if they'll do much or if they're kind of going to go, you know, kind of stick to a Dark Souls kind of vibe, uh, cause it, it feels like, a, you know, more Dark Souls, but now I can jump on a horse and it's more open, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm really, really excited about El- Elden Ring. Um, but yeah, I, I love that they're not afraid from software is not afraid to experiment with the, 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 the formula that they've, they've created. Hmm. I feel like for me as well, what, what, what really works, uh, with from and what they do is that they aren't afraid to experiment and basically you have the sort of mentality of why fix, why fix wasn't broken and all that there. Like mm-hmm. that's fair enough. But they aren't afraid to experiment very far outside the box either with their mm-hmm. games as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It, it, like, I, I, I like to see a studio uh, experiment like that. Um, I, th- I think it's why a lot of you know fans of the series come back and, 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 and try the games. I mean, obviously the games are fun, but um, I think the, they've proven that you know they're 
they're not just following a formula and they're willing to experiment and they're wanting to engage the player into trying new things a little bit, which is cool. Mm. Out of curiosity, what, what other developers do you think have sort of done that sort of experimentation that I sort of alluded to with regards to From that have also done it very well as well? Oh, um, that's a tough one. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I mean, like in regards to just sort of thinking of answers in my own right, I feel like mm. one studio that has really sort of gotten that is not necessarily a developer that does similar Souls-like games compared to mm. from software. Like the games are very, very far different to what from has put out in the past although in fairness they have put out a game and uh, that's sort of souls ish in mm. nature not although not necessarily in terms of um uh very very uh, very souls like what from does but the, the examples i'm thinking of so okay so the example i'm thinking of actually is respawn and the games I'm thinking of specifically, oh, they've done a Fromish Souls game in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, although it's not mm. as hard as obviously the Souls games. The examples I'm actually thinking of is Titanfall, especially oh, okay. Titanfall Two. And I feel, and I was actually listening to a contribution uh, for the Goody special we did um, a few years ago for my favorite game, um, and one of the references was one of the mentioned one of the games in that episode was titanfall 2 and mm. how titanfall just <clears> seems <throat> to drop like not drop but like basically use mechanics in one level and then dispose them and you never see them again for the rest of the the, the game and that sort of has mm. nintendo sort of mentality to it. and like the the exact example i'm thinking of in that regard with titanfall is effect and calls in titanfall 2 mm. yeah cool i like i've played a little bit of titanfall 2 um i don't think i played the first titanfall so yeah that, that i mean that sounds cool uh, i i i i wouldn't i wouldn't know as well <laughs> just because i haven't played this you, game you need to play more titanfall 2 it's so fucking good. yeah really yeah I, I think did they, they I think I picked it up. Did they have like a free on Epic for a little bit or something? I picked it up in something and I was playing it on there, mm. um, which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of games. Oh, man, it's it's like an old <laughs> it's an old series at this point now, uh, but just recently revitalized uh, Age of Empires series. I, I think is a thing that um, I had like a, sin, a similar kind of like love for which was, you know, the original Age of Empires. And then when they, you know, changed stuff, but, you know, changed it enough for Age of Empires 2, you know, that game was amazing. Um, and then they changed it up a little bit more with uh, Age of Mythology, and I loved that. I didn't get into Age of Empires 3, but I also heard that's kind of about where it kind of, like, wasn't getting as good. But then, recently, they came out with Age of Empires 4, and it's essentially, like, going back to the roots of Age of Empires 2, but just changing enough to kind of mix it up. And I've really, really been enjoying that one. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the... Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure there's more. I, I just haven't had a, um, haven't thought about it enough of, of like studios where they put out consistent, like, you know, um, 
you know series of games that were kind of based off the thing but they weren't afraid to essentially change something up um to kind of experiment on the on the on on the genre i guess Hmm. no fair enough um so what else do you like about dark souls that we've not touched upon tonight Dark Souls and the and the Bloodborne or probably more Bloodborne, um, but the Dark Souls series. Um, it's interesting because it's like as we were saying earlier, it's like you know it's these these games that we kind of are are almost more well known for like being this. It's just like these really hard games that are you know you have to get good at or you know you just you know you have to get good at to to beat them. But Bloodborne especially, like my wife sat on the couch and just watched me play through that game like she loved that game just watching it (laughs) you know and i think i think that's you know kind of comes back to like a testament of like how interesting the world was the you know whether it's the art direction or the narrative design or just like the whole creative vision of that game is presented in such an interesting way that it's like it's just one of those games it's like you don't you don't even even have to play it to be like enraptured by it um uh, I need to play that game again. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, yeah, it's just a great game. If you haven't played a Dark Souls game, a- anyone who's listening, you should you should play. You should play them. They're really good. <laughs> you, probably should, you probably should play them, if nothing else, for, for Rite of Passage, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> tell yourself you tried. Yeah, as you long tried. as you, as long as you don't spend three hours trying to fight skeletons in a graveyard that are uh, <laughs> like twenty levels too hard for you, uh, I think you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, another thing that's fun to do with Dark Souls, um, and I uh, and I love doing this is like if if you've had a friend that hasn't played Dark Souls and 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 you have, it's a lot of fun to kind of play through Dark Souls with somebody. Now, syncing up and getting multiplayer to work is a bit of like a weird. It's it's not it's not as straightforward as most games. Um, for those who haven't played, you have to like collect this item that allows you to write you know write a message on the ground, and then you have to sync up and make sure you're both in the same area, and you have to have a code plugged in. It, it's weird, um, but once you get that working, it's a lot of fun to kind of walk through and play through the the game together because um, uh, you're kind of like you're like a I don't know, a mentor through the Dark Souls verse, and <laughs> you can kind of help them, help them along. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Mm. Um, what didn't you like about Dark Souls? What didn't I like? Um, did I tell you about this time I went through and uh, to the graveyard and fought skeletons for like three hours? <laughs> and... <laughs> no, um... just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I mean, that was very frustrating when I first did it, but, um, I didn't like, I, I do wish the, the, the syncing up with friends was a little bit easier. Um, as much as, and as much as fun as I do enjoy the combat in it, um, I never did find the fighting other players that compelling, or at least as far as it came to, uh, especially ranged weapons i always felt that like if i had a bow um or a uh, a sorcery kind of thing i always felt like it was very easy for you know uh, a melee person you know if i was kind of 
combating them to kind of just dodge my attack so i always felt like really annoyed at that it works really well when you're kind of going through like npc enemy you know just enemies in the game but um i always found that kind of annoying um it seems like elden ring might be improving that i'm not sure just looking at the videos it looks like the you know ranged stuff looks a little bit more interesting um so we'll see but um yeah so i, th I think that um the at least the original uh, character uh, uh, customization in Dark Souls is a bit silly. Uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, some of the, the 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 monster creations that you can create in the the randomized <laughs> character creation tool, but it's also kind of funny. Um, so I'm not sure if I hate it. I actually kind of secretly love it. But you can create abominations. Uh, which, is, which is amazing. Kill me, father. Yeah. Kill yeah. me. Yeah, save me. Um, yeah. Um, so, um... <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I should probably port it for those listening. Just to sort of give... Maybe tie it back into a little bit of Dark Souls. Dark Souls provokes a lot of anger. And as we're recording this, I have a oh, lot no. of I have a bit of anger right now. Not necessarily <laughs> at Dark Souls, but literally the day the night we're recording this, it's the night of the Formula One World Championship. Decided, oh no! <laughs> and everything, and I feel so fucking angry at how everything has ended. <laughs> and <laughs> I was just looking for my uh, my phone. Just after Demon answered there now about what he didn't like, and I, I just felt anger, and I'm just looking <laughs> at it at a, at a, at a joke right now from from Reddit, and I'm just, it's just about Total Wolf. Demon won't get, but like it's about Total Wolf <laughs> waiting in, in the parking lot for an FIA official, not so much with a baseball bat, but with a Bose headset. <laughs> that won't make any sense to anyone who doesn't like or doesn't watch Formula One, but it will if you watched last week or the race before the title decider in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so, if you think Dark Souls provokes anger, you've not watched Formula One, and you've definitely not watched Formula One and a season like this. <laughs> so that's the first time I've gotten a laugh out of Formula One today. Put it like that. Anyway, completely unrelated to what I've just said. Back to Dark Souls. Um, yeah. <laughs> to more, more to more pleasant topics. More Dark Souls. more more pleasant and happy <laughs> topics. Something that isn't as anger provoking as Formula One. Let's say with Dark yeah. Souls. Um, yeah. <laughs> what would you change from a sort of design perspective then? Oh, um, oh, interesting. Um, well, I'm not a designer, but interested in design. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for well, the multiplayer thing, I, th I think is its own thing. You could just make it a little, a little bit easier uh, in a, in a UX kind of way. But um, for yeah, for the for the ranged combat, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it was something I, I was I was kind of thinking of when I was getting frustrated with it. I was like, oh, how would you do this? Um, because it's really easy to kind of like tell. Like you don't want to overpower uh, a ranged player because they obviously have the the distance. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. I haven't really thought about it too much. Um, 
but I've been thinking it's like a funny story. I, I didn't actually mention this, but uh, like I've been slowly working on a card game of my own that uh, that is kind of loosely based around the idea of that kind of combat dance um, and inspired by Dark Souls. Um, and that was one of the things I was kind of trying to solve as well. But I mean, the challenge there is trying to bring a, a digital video game kind of mechanic into uh, an analog um kind of card game and how, how how you kind of you know match those um kind of mechanics and make it feel like the same mood but um and uh but uh yeah and that was the kind of thing is like okay how do you balance this kind of ranged weapon you know because otherwise if if it's too easy to kind of hit uh, you can kind of stand back and just kind of pick away at them slowly but um but also you don't want to you don't want that range to kind of close down because then you're at you're, you're at a negative and yeah anyway yeah it's interesting I don't, I don't I don't know the answer if if I if I had the answer I guess I'd be uh, I'd, I'd be a famous uh, uh, game designer <laughs> but it's but it's intriguing I, like it, it's it's a problem that uh, I didn't think was quite solved with just the multiplayer aspect of it um, that I would I would I'd be intrigued and I hope they've they've kind of done something interesting in, in Elden Ring. So I'm, mm. I'm intrigued. And if they do, that, that'd be amazing. I would, I'd love to see it. Mm. Something I've just realized, actually, and it's not actually on my original question, so it's like we've sort of extensively gone over sort of uh, things like uh, Dark Souls Remastered and Bloodborne, Sekiro, and Elden Ring. But the funny thing is we've actually not touched upon how different Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3 feel compared to the original Dark Souls, especially in regards to Dark Souls 2, because like that is still considered a pretty good game but a lot of fans mm. don't really consider that a dark souls game basically so like like touch upon that like how you find those games anyway like yeah i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to remember because i haven't i haven't played two or three since i beat them um when they came out because i i'd been so obsessed with dark souls uh prepared to die edition so it's like as soon as two and three came out i was like i had to play them I think if I remember correctly, there was something like, I, I feel like, and I may be wrong about this. So it's like, you know, it's like nobody quote me on this, but like, I felt like maybe the lore of Dark Souls 2 didn't, to me, didn't feel as cohesive. I may be totally wrong with that, but maybe it was a bit of, like, I don't know. Like, I remember like what, there was this area, I forget how far in the game it was, but there's this area where you go in and there's these big, um, I think it was like these kind of like blue, like big blue giant kind of soldiers. And you're kind of on these big pedestals and it's like very, very open. There was something about like when I came into that level, it, it felt a bit empty. So may, maybe it was a bit of like the level design there that it felt a little bit empty. And, and maybe that, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I still remember enjoying it. I remember people at the time kind of complaining about it and saying that it, it felt a little bit weird because uh, I know the mechanics changed a little bit, but I can't remember which one, uh, what, what those details were. I should have brushed up on this one before I <laughs> jumped on the call, but, um, but maybe that was it. Maybe, maybe it didn't feel as, as big. Like my sense of like this world is bigger than me. Maybe it didn't feel as, as big with that one. But I also remember really like when jumping into dark souls three, really, really enjoy it. Did it, did it have the same kind of negative attention? My, my my also my interpretation of it was like okay people loved dark souls one and anytime you have something that everybody really really loves you know you often have like for for no good reason unless you know if it's just on par with it like people will be like wow it's not as good 
Um, I don't know if it was that, but mm. I, I, I enjoyed the games. I th- yeah. Hmm. What, what did they do? Did, did, I forget exactly what they did. They did something with the health. Was it the health bar? Or, oh, was two the one where you had the, the, the blue focus bar as well? Was it focus? Yeah, I forget I think what it the was, name of it. Yeah. I think yeah. It was. Okay. Maybe that's what it was. And no, I remember enjoying that. Or was that three? I can't remember if that was two or three because you had this thing where you could change stance. And the stance, then you added the focus. I think this was three. Oh, I feel like I, I think another thing now, as but... well is that Miyazaki actually wasn't involved a whole lot in this game. Like he directed one and three, but he didn't direct two. I think he was uh, maybe a okay. producer for two, but I also think a lot of that is down to the fact that he was directly involved as director on Bloodborne at that time as well. Yeah, yeah, that makes that that would make sense. And maybe I mean, if that's the case, maybe maybe that's why um, two felt a little bit more, maybe less cohesive narr- narrative wise. I, I don't know. I again, I I feel like I was like I last played this when it came out, so I'm like I feel like I'm like is that is that actually how I felt about it? I don't, I don't remember, but I remember it feeling a little bit um, less cohesive narrative wise, but maybe maybe not. Hmm. Um. So, top three Souls games, and I mean specifically Dark Souls games. What would they be? Okay. Dark Souls one would be at the top, I would guess. How would you rank two and three? Yeah, I think uh, Dark Souls 1, definitely my favorite, uh, I think because it was the first one I played. I probably spent the most time in, mainly because four hours was in a graveyard. No, <laughs> um, no. Uh, You're um, never letting that go, are you? <laughs> no, I'm never letting that go. Yeah. No. Um, uh, yeah, Dark Souls 1 was a lot of fun. I, I think it's the one I played the most. Um, I think I enjoyed Dark Souls 3 and then Dark Souls 2. Hmm. And we'll see where Elden Ring... Although, are they calling Elden Ring a Dark Souls game? Is it like actual Dark Souls verse not, or is it? I don't know. Like that's the thing because like Elden Ring feels a bit blurry. Like <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was a Dark Souls it's game, not, like same a, world. It's not a Dark Souls game set in the same world or same story or same lore and all that. Yeah, because it's George R. R. Martin who's basically sort of provided some of okay. the outline and the original outline for the sort of lore and the world and all out there. And then he basically said they're from go nuts of it from there have it shape it and do whatever you want it to be it's not dark souls and it's not directly okay. dark souls or anything like that there maybe mechanically gameplay wise it's more in okay. line with dark souls but in terms of lore and story and all that there it's not directly related to dark souls at all okay so so it's kind of got its own uh, world building lore okay yeah that's cool yeah that sounds interesting and then um, and then and then in terms of that like what would be the top three souls like games from from like yeah. obviously souls one at the top i would guess yeah and this is, and this is me assuming here i'm uh guessing bloodborne mm-hmm. would be two i it it's a tough it's a it's a tough one between dark souls one and bloodborne which one's my favorite i'm oh I might yeah i mean i know i said dark souls was my is what my favorite game was which jumped jumped me on this you know kick this the whole thing off um and it probably is probably because it was my the first game of the series probably so it has that extra love in its heart so but a really 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 close second would be bloodborne it's like almost on par um then i think maybe dark souls 3 then sekiro then dark souls 2 mm 
That's and I haven't played Demon Souls, so which I which I need to uh, fix uh, at some point in the future, and then we'll see we'll we'll see where that lands. But Demon Souls, uh, the remake for PS5, looks gorgeous, and I really really want want to play it. <laughs> I I I've, I got Demon Souls um, along with my PS5, plural, and oh. Ah, ah. <laughs> Ah. But that's 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 why that's why a lot of people can't buy PS5s. I I bought yeah, yeah you're, you're just hoarding I bought, them. I bought yeah. plural PS5s. I'm hoarding all plural PS5s. <laughs> um, I've still yet to touch Demon Souls, but I, I love what Blue Point does, and I love what they did with uh, Shadow of the Colossus remake. And I yeah, I, I, yeah. I definitely I definitely want to play it. But, oh, my arachnophobia is just sort of <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's that's gonna be fun going yeah. through that again. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> fun, fun, fun. Um. So in that regard, then, what do you think has been the legacy of Dark Souls over the past ten years? Then, this this may be an easy one to answer, but just sort yeah, of, yeah. I mean, I I think you touched upon it um, earlier, but it's it's yeah, it's it's the f- like the fan kind of the fan based love over diving into the lore and you know and because it kind of isn't laid out in such a direct way it's like it, it kind of like to me it like harkened back to the, the like old memories of like when before essentially like kind of like before the internet when you're playing games uh like nintendo era and you're like all you had was to reference was like your friend's knowledge and like the friend who had like the nintendo power you know or something like that and you're just like okay that's how you got your information on like you know tips and tricks and other various things and dark souls uh kind of gave a new generation that i think that kind of same feeling um when it came to the lore but also kind of like oh yeah if you go down this here there's a secret like item down here did you try this oh no you didn't know about that oh here you know and you kind of like can share stories um obviously we have the internet and you can kind of dive into that and look into it but i guess because it was so i don't know there was something about it that kind of like gave that and I think with the lore, you have you have all these YouTube video, you know, YouTubers kind of doing, uh, you know, these kind of deep dives into trying to solve the lore and this kind of speculation and other various things of like, what what does this mean, you know? And that kind of just adds and it just builds into this kind of community aspect. And like it, it lives beyond the game in, in that way. And it lives in. <laughs> Yeah, honorable mentions. Um, I'll probably like, talk about um, maybe a couple games that I've been enjoying playing recently. Um, probably, let's see, Disco Elysium has been a one that's been really, really fun. I actually need to finish it. Um, I'd, I'd kind of been in the middle of it and then kind of 
uh, put it on hold because I was busy with a lot of stuff, but I still need to dive into it. Again, I think it's one of these games kind of come coming back to a great world building and uh, narrative. Um, what a game that like kind of just presents story and world building and narrative and uh, to the player in such a interesting way. Um, obviously, that game's a lot more of your kind of, I guess you could say, more classic narrative game, as in it often a lot, you know, there's a lot, a lot of dialogue. But the way that they decided to kind of merge that in with like RPG mechanics and like, you know, dice rolling and, and chance and stuff for, and how you're kind of like have these stats that are kind of based on your like your character, um, you know, in an interesting way. It's not just like strength and dexterity, but it's all this other stuff like Inland Empire and other stuff. <laughs> you know, it's kind of these kind of weirder kind of elements. But then, then, then it's almost like you're most of the game, you're having dialogues with your own self and, and you know, you know how you've built the you know your character and, and yeah it's just fascinating but what's so um at least for me so that that's interesting in itself but what what's so fascinating about that game is again they, they've built such a cohesive world kind of behind the scenes um that everything you're interacting, whether it's like a map of this world or a history, or you're talking to this person, you recognize their their the 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 uniform they're wearing is referencing like uh, one of the old revolutionaries of this like civil war that happened. Um, they don't tell you everything in the moment, but you can kind of start to kind of pull in the 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 history of this world that they've built, and it makes a lot of sense because like hear, hearing back on the developers that made that game. Um, they talk about how the game was originally a book and how the, you know, it was like, you know, a, a writer and they were trying to find a way to, you know, and, and I guess the, the book didn't, you know, I, I don't know if it did well or not, but they were trying to find a way to like, you know, make something and, and the book didn't kind of really work out or something. I forgot to take my word on that, but then they decided to make a video game out of it and they figured out a way to kind of do that. So they had this real rich like lore and history in the world and it, it's, saturated into everything so it makes it feel like you're again you're uh you're in this thing that's much bigger than yourself and you're and you're kind of left as a player to kind of discover um the bits of and and history that you want um anyway that game is brilliant um i need to dive into it i'm you know uh properly but it makes so much sense that it won all these narrative awards and, and various things um let's see another game that i've really been enjoying lately is uh um let's see sable i really enjoyed uh from like an art art direction kind of sense uh point but also mood like you don't have to do a lot in like the game is yeah i I don't say this in a negative way but the game is relatively simple as in like a lot of it just kind of just like driving through this kind of world and it's got this like real sense of like exploration um not really any combat or like at least that that i've run into and you're kind of just exploring and you're finding these things and it's just like real sense and the art style is really unique and you feel like you're in a mobius you know uh comic um which is great um so that's been a lot of fun and um what's another game of, oh i've been playing a lot of hunt showdown i don't know if you're familiar with this game oh i, I but... know of hunt showdown because it's fucking filled with spiders yeah <laughs> and that game has such a good mood like and the art direction of their game is great and the sound design of that game is great um like it's 
oh man like even even like the first time i jumped into the main menu and it, they have the, the like the main the song and it's just like these like you know these you know people singing and it's like feels like you know kind of western kind of meets like louisiana meets you know like ah it's it yeah it's really good and also a really fun game a real good blend of like kind of battle royale meets like monster hunter kind of like kind of uh game um yeah so i've been playing with that with a few friends as well it's been a lot of fun um, the other the other sort of honorable mention I sort of want to pick on as well is something that you actually mentioned um, in passing once or twice during Dark Souls, um, mm. Ocarina of Time. Oh yeah, Ocarina of Time. So yeah, I love that game. Um, oh, when when would I have been playing that? Um, would have been that would have been maybe before high school. Uh, when did Ocarina of Time come out? But yeah, I. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that would have been uh, middle school. Um, yeah, I played that game a lot, um, and I think that was the first game where I jumped in, and it felt like this world is so big. You know, it, it was the first game I felt like it, it really felt like it, it captured that kind of open world game feeling. Like looking back on it now, it, it, the world feels tiny, but. When you could like go out, when you got out of the you know the the forest area and into the kind of Hyrule fields, like it just felt so expansive. And again, it's like one of these games where you kind of like you're you're encouraged to kind of explore, find these little holes in the ground, or or you know all all these these things. But yeah, the the atmosphere, and it just felt yeah, because I mean it's, obviously it's like this fantasy game, and just, but it, it felt so magical. Um, and yeah, I mean the story was great, like. Uh, combat was fun um puzzles and you know classic like you know uh you know temples and like you know the yeah it was just great i, I love i love the zelda series um uh yeah um and i think what was interesting like even though i didn't enjoy it as much um majora's mask which came after uh i thought was really really good and the fact that i really enjoyed how they they again they kind of reinvented the wheel and they added this kind of new mechanic the time mechanic and you had now and that felt really um interesting in itself like when when you kind of jump in and it's like okay now i've got to kind of memorize or you know i people have certain schedules and times and i have to be here on this certain time to do this thing and I guess, you know, and, and you have this kind of like death mechanic in there as well. It's like, okay, when you, you, you've got to warp back in time and then you, you do something and it changes the world and, and or you collect an item and then you warp back in time. You kind of, you're kind of doing this Groundhog Day kind of scenario. Um, anyway, yeah, I love those games. So good. When, when do we get a new Zelda? That's the, the, yeah. oh, well, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> By the time this comes out, you're looking at months a year maybe at this point with breath of the wild too <laughs> yeah yeah i still need to beat breath of the wild yeah oh. i'm at i'm at ganon's castle i'm at Ganon's castle and <laughs> yeah. how far in Ganon's castle are you that's the question at, at just at the gates i, I oh. haven't gotten into Ganon's castle so maybe i still have a, quite a bit to do <laughs> Just, just a little bit. Just, just, just a little bit. Just, 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 just the tiniest bit. bit. Just the teeniest, yeah. tiniest bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh no. Um. So, top three games ever. What would they be? Obviously, Dark Souls Ooh. at the top. Yeah. Well, Dark Souls at the top. Ocarina of Time probably uh, number two. Um. Age of Empires two probably number three. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Age of Empires. 
Age of Kings is one of my favorite games as well. Oh, man. That's also a close second with... Uh, yeah, it's very, 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 very tight with, uh, with Ocarina of Time. But yeah, Age of Empires series, I adore. Um, the, the new... Um, the the new uh what are the definitive editions that it did on steam are really good i've really been enjoying that i i had been playing that a lot actually the past couple of years um off and on uh and you know some some of my coworkers and i would get together for a few games as well um but yeah i played a lot of though i i, I probably never I, I was probably never actually good at multiplayer i definitely spent a lot of time playing um multiplayer and trying to learn build orders and doing all that stuff but uh, that's tough that, that is that is some that's some hardcore stuff <laughs> i think the correlation i'm getting here is at least in regards to souls games and age of empires as there's a lot of strategy to be involved like how, how, oh how, yeah how how do you sort of go in with that sort of strategy mindset anyway personally with these sorts of games like age of empires like dark souls or any sort of similar mm. games like in uh, strategy games or even souls like games yeah yeah i mean i like as a as as a player like um i definitely enjoy um games that I, I mean i enjoyed a lot of different types of games i mean but when it comes to like souls and um age of vampires the yeah that challenge that like you're given essentially this kind of like puzzle or you know this challenge it's like to solve and then you know you, obviously you have the tutorials to tell you the basic mechanics but then you're you're kind of left to kind of like you know become an expert at these things um to you know and i think yeah and, and so but things like you know games like age of empires like you can you can be the kind of player that wants to jump in and you just create a, a bot map um match and then you kind of build up this huge castle and and then you know you, or, or you play with your friends and you spend like an hour kind of building up stuff um and then you try to fight each other. So there's different ways to play and find enjoyment. Like I even think like looking back at original Age of Empires, like the, the first time I played that, um, uh, my brothers and I, we didn't have Age of Empires, but a friend of ours did. And we would go over to his house and we would spend, I don't know, hours building up. Like we'd each get like 30 minutes or something to build up an area of the map and kind of build up this huge thing. And, and, the, and then the other person would get and build up their area of the map. And then, then our friend would go in and they're like, okay, now is their challenge to beat the game, <laughs> you know, essentially a certain amount of time. So there's one way to play. Uh, anyway, I'm kind of getting off track there. But uh, so I think just given the challenge of like the, the strategy element of trying to solve the puzzle. And again, I am not an expert compared to the kind of people, you know, the folks that kind of go in and play these games and have spreadsheets and various things like that. But um and do kind of like build uh build orders and experimentation but i really enjoy uh, you know it's it's definitely you know as as a game game style i really enjoy that um yeah i guess yeah so I, i'm not an expert i'm not i'm not i'm you know I'm, I'm definitely not really good at these things but it is it is fun i enjoy a game that, that can do that well <laughs>
So, um, yeah, as far as like uh, my work is concerned, um, we have we, we just released a new DLC for Empire of Sin, uh, Make It Count. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, introducing like loan sharks um, and fixers into the game. Um, and there's this kind of precinct so you can kind of control the, you know, the, the neighborhoods in these kind of precinct fashion. And it kind of adds, you know, adds a little bit more complexity and strategy to the kind of like um, empire building uh, kind of layer of the game, which has been a lot of fun. Um, so that's kind of freshly out. So that's exciting. Um, and then I'm also, you know, I've, I've been doing so. So my website's deadmanrook.com um, and I just have all you know my art on there. So I do a lot of stuff for Magic the Gathering as well, which has been a lot of fun. I've, I've really been enjoying do, doing that over the years. And um, yeah, uh, I'm also currently a board member at Emerge. So if, if you're an Irish game dev, you know, look into that. It's a community organization looking at like uh, pushing, you know, the industry forward here in the Rep- Republic of Ireland. Um that's been cool. I'll be my my term on the board is is wrapping up this year, so um so that's fine. But uh, you know I'm you know you know it's definitely st- still something to to keep an eye out for. Um, yeah. What other what other shit do I have? Um, that's about it. I'm on Twitter at Denman Rook. Um, I talk uh, mainly art, but also politics and. Uh, throwing shade at nfts and various things like that to be fair who <laughs> doesn't who doesn't at this yeah point? yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um but yeah <laughs> but yeah uh that, that's 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 a space that isn't you know I, I post a little bit of art on there i i get i'm on instagram as well at, at denmark um but if if you just want art you can you can find me on art station um but yeah <laughs> i guess that's my shit Thanks for listening to My Favourite Game, a podcast by PlayDiaries.com where people from the games industry come on to talk of their favourite game. If you want to listen to future episodes of My Favourite Game, as well as press play before they go live publicly on PlayDiaries and other podcast platforms, please consider becoming a $2 tier podcast early access patron to your Patreon at patreon.com slash playdiaries. Next week, the first of our two-part season finale, Jordan Bradley on Neopets. Until next week, bye-bye.